This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings one and all. Um, as I record this, the weather is... The weather's... I don't know what it's doing. It was sunny. It was sunny a little while ago, a couple of days ago. And then... And then today, it's winter again. And I know this is the time of year it does this. You know, we have a burst and we're like, oh, here we go. Shorts on, everybody. And now it's all big winter coats. Yeah, my mate, uh, <laughs> uh, Lauren, Lauren Poppy, um, put on uh, Instagram the other day. She was going like, you know, one day like she's like, running around in a t-shirt, and now it's like this big, you know, we've got to wrap around our North Face uh, <laughs> sleeping bag coats. It's nuts out there. But um, yes, here we are. Uh, before we get onto it, before we get onto it, uh, a couple of things I need to do. Um, uh, become a Patreon. If you become a patron, you will get uh, you'll get to watch uh, behind the scenes recordings of this, of this episode. Um, so go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast, and um, yeah, you can pledge what you want. Well, we're going to be doing another thing as well. We, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're two old fellas working it out. There's going to be other stuff for our patrons that we're going to do. Um, so this is what we're doing at the minute, and just you know, bonus a couple of quid. You know, if everyone if everyone listening to this gave us a pound, we'd be laughing. We're bloody laughing. So if you could do that for us, go to our Patreon page, pledge us some money. And honestly, it's it's we, it all goes back into the podcast and it helps us keep the lights on, it keeps us doing what we're doing. Um, because yeah, at the end of the day, that's we need we need a bit of help, a little bit of help, but not much, a little bit, just to keep us going. And if you could do that for us, that'd be great. And like we say, you get exclusive uh, behind the scenes footage, you get access, early access to the episodes as well. Um, we're going to be doing a thing as well. We're going to be um, uh, we're going to be doing all sorts of things. Uh, but uh, uh, message us, message us, and send us a line. Send drop us a line. Send us a message. We'll have a chat, um, you know. And any patrons listen to this. If there's anything you you want us to do, or you think would be better, things we need to tweak, get involved. You see, and as a patron, you see, you can do that. You become almost like one of our producers. You see, so do that for us. Go to uh, patreoncom podcast and become part of the team. Why not, eh? Why not? Come and do that for us. Also, uh, check out our stylish Insane in the Membrane t-shirts from buythatmerch.co.uk um, That's the boys from SOS Clothing. We're, they're now doing another, they've got another branch of that. 
where they're doing band tees, they're doing merch for all other podcasts and things like that. Um, and our, our merch is on there as well now. And it's, initially we were doing, it was just like a gold t-shirt with the black writing down the front. Uh, but now there's all manner of colors. It's green, red, black, gray, uh, all manner of things. So go to that website, go to buythatmerch.co.uk. Uh, tell them we sent you. And uh, yeah, let's, have a, let's, all, let's all run around in the merch looking stylish. Anyway, well, yeah, hopefully the weather will will pick up I think it will but then you, of course it will and then you get yourself a t-shirt or you just wear around the house look brilliant around the house why not eh um, also we've got uh, we've also got our limited edition in sailing the membrane coffee beans from wogancoffee.com uh, based in Bristol um, if you use the exclusive membrane listener promo code membrane that's one word you'll get 10% off our podcast packs so do that for us go to wogancoffee.com use the promo code membrane uh, one word and you'll get 10% off your coffee so do that for us that would be fantastic as well good people doing good things lovely um, also we're on the socials now I always forget to plug this in the three years we've been doing this I keep forgetting and I watch other people we've been watching other people and see what they do and they're plug 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 all the time and I always forget to do it I don't know why I, for some reason I said they're all separate in my mind um, but we are on Instagram um, uh, insane in the membrane is on Instagram insane in the fembrane is also on Instagram I am Rich Wilson is on Instagram also our radio show the tuned up time machine that is also on Instagram so jump up and connect with that uh, and you can drop us messages on there um, we, uh, yeah you can contact me on there uh, and it's me that deals with them we don't have someone else dealing with them so you can contact me directly um, so do that for us so it's at I am Rich Wilson it is at Membrane Podcast it is at Fembrane pod, uh, Podcast and at uh, tuned, the Tuned Up Time Machine all on Instagram I'm also on Twitter I am Rich Wilson I'm on there I'm on Facebook as well Rich Wilson Membrane Podcast is on there as well so you can get us everywhere um, come and find us Join up, link, link to us. Um, you'll see where I'm gigging as well. I put my gig, gig lists up. I'm all over the place. I'm everywhere. So if you want to come and see me do my comedy, you can come and, up, come and have a look, see where I'm going to be at. And that'd be great. Be nice to see you. So anyway, I think that's the admin out of the way. That's a lot of admin this week. Uh, one day we're going to be get, we'll be big enough to advertise uh, mattresses and stamps.com. But for now, we've got our lovely little bunch. We're doing that. That's lovely. Thank you. Um, so this week... Uh, I, I will say this actually, I will say this. So the last couple of months, I've been struggling a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been struggling with a bit of not knowing where my place, not knowing what my place is, where am I, where am I supposed to be, what is going on, should I keep doing the podcast? And luckily I've had producer Paul to tell me that yes, you should keep doing the podcast because lots of people still enjoy it. You know, you get a little bit of self-doubt. You're like, oh, you know, you're like, oh God, what's the point? Am I wasting my time? Are people still enjoying this? And then you see, you see that people are still enjoying it. And I had a big chat with producer Paul and he's like, yeah, stop being a dickhead. It's all fine. And so I feel reborn. I'm back at it again. But I haven't been in touch with people. I've been really slack at re- replying to messages. Um, yeah, just getting in my own head. Just just thinking that no one gives a fuck. You know, like, but, but, but people do. Um, if you're feeling that way, I feel your pain because it's debilitating. It really does. People just go, oh, you know, like I even say on it, like, I'll reach out. It'd be so hard. And I talk about it in this episode. It's so difficult to turn around and go, I need some help. And your mates get annoyed. They're like, oh, you should have just said something. You're like, oh, I didn't think I could. You know, you get you get caught up in it, and it, and it is debilitating. And you get, and then it, you, you you twist yourself up in knots to the point you don't do anything. You don't speak to anyone. 
Um, so I'm coming out the other side now, and so if you've messaged me and I haven't replied, uh, mates that are listening, if I haven't responded or I haven't rung yet, I'm really sorry. I'm gonna do it, I'm coming back, I'm doing it, I'm coming back loud and proud, I'm gonna do it. So it's all fine, and we're gonna keep the podcast going. I had a moment, I had a wobble, but it's all fine. I'm carrying on, because it's bloody marvellous. I love doing it, and as long as you love hearing it, we'll keep doing it. Um, so yeah, anyway, so this week's podcast, so this week's episode was uh, with Ellis James. Ellis James uh, is a great comedian that I met, I met him, must have been three, four years into my my career. So I've known, I've, you know, I've, I've not seen him in a long time, but we, you know, sort of 15 years ago maybe, 14, 15. Um, a brilliantly funny man, and he's gone on to be a massive uh, radio presenter. He does stuff with John Robbins, all manner of people. Um, and I've wanted to get him on for ages. It's one of those things, you go, oh, he must speak to Ellis, must speak to Ellis. Um, and then we had Rod Gilbert and the wonderful Sean Harris on. And Sean was best mates with uh, Ellis at school. And and Ellis was mentioned in their episode of the podcast. And it was a really funny story, of which there'll be a, an excerpt of it in this episode. Um, that was just... And we were like, we have to get Ellis on to explain this. Uh, so we did. We reached out to him and he went, yeah, I'd love to come on. And he did. And we had a lovely, lovely chat. We talk about all sorts in this one. We talk about revenge, we talk about pranking, all sorts of things. So, uh, well, I don't know why I'm telling you what you're going to hear, because you're going to hear it. So coming up in a minute is Ellis James. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Insane in the membrane. Hello, mate. Hiya, mate. Sorry, Izzy's got COVID, so I've been oh, held up. Dude, That's... I'm so sorry. She's upstairs. I haven't seen her for three days. I just leave. Yeah. I just leave cups of tea by the door. <laughs> oh, no. I have to post omelets and pizza under the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All just flat food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is she okay, though? She's all right. She's... She's she's better today. She's have you had it? Yes, I had it the, in the first lockdown. I had the first sort of version. Oh shit! Which was abysmal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. But then I've had it. I had it recently, and it kind of just felt like a really bad cold. Yeah. What was so, the original COVID like? Um, oh, it was surreal because you didn't feel well, but you didn't feel. You just felt weird. You had no energy. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't even. You couldn't do anything at all. You just had to just yeah, lay yeah. there feeling weird hot and cold and odd 
achy and bizarre. Yeah. Your dreams were insane. Absolutely yeah, a few insane. people have told me that. Yeah, you really. I think maybe because we were locked down as well, so there wasn't there weren't any of the normal distractions and the normal stresses of oh, I need to be here, I need to be there, because you were sort of spinning in your own dome. Your dreams, yes, of course. Your, your dreams. I think was just going back over everything you've ever experienced, and all people from your past were popping up in your dreams. Oh my god, it was bizarre. Oh, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have no you not had thanks. that one? You not had it. I've not covered at all. Izzy's, Izzy's got it now, but we avoided it until Friday night. She went to see Half Man Half Biscuit in Nottingham. Very and we cool. We think that that is where she got it from. Yeah. But no, so she came back and felt rough. And I went to bed and, and I said, well, I, th- I thought I've got, I've got quite a busy week. So if you've got a bad cold, I'll sleep in mm. Betty anyway. And then she tested positive the next day. So. Shit, mate. I mean, it's yeah, a cool way to get it. To be honest, half man, half biscuits. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, if we'd been able to get a, a babysitter, we both would have gone to that gig. So you just toss of a coin that she got to use the ticket. Yeah, oh, mate. But never mind, never mind. Well, get well soon, Izzy. I hope she's all oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Um, having seen films where they've had to lock someone away because they're contagious and then they become zombies and werewolves <laughs> and all sorts. <laughs> Can't imagine what's going on in that room right now. <laughs> But are you good apart from that? You all right? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm good, actually. Not too bad at all. Good. Because you popped up on uh, Rod and Sean's episode. Oh, yeah. We were talking about when uh, you were at school and Sean was uh, telling us some stories. Because you were at school with Sean. I was, yeah. And she was telling us, "There's a, we've got a clip. We're going to put it in. We'll put it in now. Okay, then. Hold fire. Yeah. Here it comes. This Here is... Come. Uh, this is You've got th- some things to answer to, Ellis. <laughs> right. We were taken into a room b- by the teacher and then they talk about... T- <laughs> whilst all the boys were outside, like, doing shapes on the window and, like, doing moonies and stuff. And they're like, ooh, they're talking about periods. <laughs> <laughs> was that Ellis, was it? Was Ellis James? Yeah, Ellis James. <laughs> Ellis, I'm yeah, naming like names. James. It does, yeah, it, it does, <laughs> But all the boys He still does that when you have your period. He still Woo! comes down your moons through the window. I lived with him for 10 years. He does, he's every month. He's every got, month app on, he's got the app on his phone that he knows when you're on your period. Clue. That's what happened. You, you, were, you were in sync, weren't you? Yeah. That's what happened. Every I time you were on a period, he'd pull his trousers down. He's like, what, is that one of those, one of those clocks where yeah. I, I come out with my period yeah. and he comes out the other side and does a moon? It's not so bad. You were, in, you were in sync with his bum and the moon rather than the moon. <laughs> <laughs> moon cycle this is brilliant <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well she's got me banged to rights there that is, that's so, my teenage years in a nutshell and that's when I lived with Sham for 10 years in a nutshell she would have a period and I would put my trousers down and then, to be honest it's only now with the sort of you know looking back at it with arm's length Mm. You know, because it's 10 years since I lived with her. Uh, it's only now that that becomes weird. But at the time, yeah. it just felt completely normal and, and rational. It was, there we go. We all did it. We all did it. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the 2000s. Women would have periods and their male housemates would just pull their trousers down. Good days. <laughs> I, I was saying earlier, uh, I went to an all-boys school. And it was there was a time when it was just an ocean of dicks. There was just yeah. dicks everywhere, or asses everywhere. I remember we used to we used to have a, uh, a an lesson. ocean, an ocean of dicks. It was, it was so many. <laughs> Every time we turned around, someone had their dick out. It was disgusting. 
But I remember we used to do, there was a, there was a, uh, one of our lessons was motor vehicle studies and we'd have old cars donated that we would fill no. around with the engines and we'd pull them apart and all that. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh, those are some classic cars that we fucked up. Yeah. But one of them, we used to sit in one and the lads used to like, in, at lunch break and they'd smoke in the car and things like that. And it was the first time I heard Nina Simone, My Baby Just Cares For Me, because it came on the radio. And then Glenn Hutchins started to do a do a strip tease in the car, and just shoved his ass over the back seat, over the seats to where we were sitting. So every time I hear that song, I hear a Glenn Hutchins. I think of Glenn Hutchins' ass. Yeah, t- teenage boys have got an amazing way of spoiling what could be quite nice memories. <laughs> that should that, that that should be amazing. It's it's your school days, your salad days, you're mending a classic car. You hear Nina Simone for the first time and. What's that? Oh, it's a bum. It's my friend's bum. It's all—it's always the same. Yeah, and it, but like you've just said, you know, then it was just what happened. Everyone was like, "Yeah, it's fine." We would. I, I, I don't know if it's because I all the all of the kids I know, and I know lots of kids, but they're all under the age of about eight. Mm. So I don't know anyone really between the ages of eight and about. 25 or 30 so the teenage years and the early 20s really apart yeah. from a couple of exceptions are a, are a gap now think back to my own teenage years very very moony dominated <laughs> so we would get my a teacher of mine would organise um, buses to watch Welsh internationals in the football yeah so my first experiences of watching football were on were going with the school because my dad didn't take me and there'd be, I don't know, five or six coaches leaving our school at about quarter past four to get to kickoff, mm. to Cardiff kickoff. And we'd be sort of passing each other on the motorway. And it was just Moonies. <laughs> and now, yeah. now, if I was driving along in the motorway on a bus and a friend of mine said, pull your trousers down and press your bum cheeks against the window, I'd say, you're insane. <laughs> And then we other people in other vehicles going, Is that Ellis James? Yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> and also I think the worst bit of a Mooney is then when you've got to pull your trousers and pants back up. Yep, finished now. Yeah. <laughs> That's done now. Yeah. I I, I was showing day. my bum then, but now I think I think I think I think the time for bum showing is over actually. So I'm just gonna put my trousers and pants back up. And we can we can carry on with what we were discussing a minute ago. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh sorry, yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, what were you saying? Until I got bum out. Oh, sorry about that. Just got distracted there. Anyway, back to you. Uh, <sighs> I, I remember you know it's funny doing things like that. I remember doing I used to do gigs out in Cyprus. And there was they had oh, the this, army ones, yeah. And yeah, they had yeah. this. There was this truck, this four wheel drive truck that they had that were, we were allowed to use to to, to get around. Um, and I remember we were driven along by somebody, and they talked about someone that like, mucked around, like, stood on the like the foot rails on the side of this truck while it was moving. And we were driving along, and I went, "Oh, that'd be really fun. That'd be really fun." So I did it. So I got out of the truck, and I'm hanging on the side as it's driving along. Sort of like A-team style. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, uh, any any listeners to your podcast under the age of like 42 will not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, the, but the Dukes of Hazard, they, they never got into the car through the door. No. 
They would always jump in through the window. It was kind of a yeah. sort of a motif of the sh- a recurring motif of the show. Well, it was funny because the Dukes of Hazard they had their doors welded shut because it was a stock car, it was supposed to be a racing yes. car. But you watch now. I watched Starsky and Hutch the other day, and there's bits where they, where they like where they're chasing cars around, and they're skidding around corners and. And they're like jumping across the bonnet and things like that. And I was watching it now, and I'm like, "That's so. It's just quicker to just run round. Why are you jumping across <laughs> the bonnet?" And it's skidding around corners. Like if you just took that a little slower, you'd have got around the corner quicker. <laughs> also, if I was driving around in an old stock car and the doors were welded shut, and I had to jump into the car through the window every time, by the third time, you've caught your knee. <laughs> then, then you'll you've get got the shopping. Your knee. You've left the <laughs> shopping outside. <laughs> You know, completely disabled. <laughs> you've caught your ankle. You've landed too hard. You've landed on your bum on the sort of side of the window. No thanks. It's gonna, yeah. The novelty's gonna wear off pretty sharp, isn't it? It's... Yeah, and well, I would just get into my car very, very gingerly, so it would take me. It would take me ages to climb into the window because the doors were welded shut. You'd have a little step. <laughs> yeah, like um, like little kids do when they learn to go to the toilet. Just That's a little it, yeah. step, yeah, just a little plastic step for me to get into my stock car. And then you'd have to lean out and fish it in when you when you got in. You'd have to t- lean out, yes. and get the step. It's a yeah. different program now. This this is more it like is Last of the program. Summer Wine, <laughs> Dukes of Hazard style. <laughs> Sorry, I, I rudely interrupted you there. No, Rich. no, no. It's fine. I was just talking about the fact that so I got out and I'm hanging on the side of this truck and then. But the people in the truck were just chatting away like I wasn't even there. So I'm just hanging on the side of this truck. It wasn't like, whoa, look what we're doing all together. It was like, they just carried on having a chat and I'm just hanging on the side of this truck. Yeah. It was pointless. So pointless. But also, as a comic who's performing for soldiers in in Cyprus, as part of those British Army gigs, if you'd had an accident and fallen off a car, that would have been such a great comic's death. (laughs) I mean, you'd have been on the you'd been on the front cover of Chortle, cause of death, larking around, (laughs) couldn't couldn't resist it. It's like lots of the comics who do those gigs, they often have their photos taken, sort of holding guns. Yeah, and you just think if this goes wrong again, that's a great comic's death, isn't it? It'd be brilliant. It's the the other comics that are on the on the gig holding an urn. (laughs) 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 And a steering wheel. <laughs> it's what you would have wanted. <laughs> oh, that's the way you want to go, memorably. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I just want a really, really. Uh, I just want a really silly death. I will just. I've always said. I've said this on a few things. I just want to. I want to fall over in an awkward way for me to go up my bum and then for me to die from that. <laughs> for me well, to die found. from that. <laughs> found. Yeah. And it had actually gone up his bum <laughs> until he died. Like an umbrella or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like, a, like a big sort of like civil servant's umbrella. Like the kind of brawly people I did British films in the, in the 60s. And it'd but be I would really, just slip on it. It would be a really robust one, a really strong one that opened up <laughs> yeah. and fanned you out. <laughs> and they just find, you, just find you, just fanned out. What was the funeral like? Oh, funny! I mean, we had a right laugh at the funeral. We just we just kept reenacting his cause of death, and uh, and it yeah, rained, ironically. <laughs> yeah, 
It was a funny shaped coffin, mind you. <laughs> like a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that's the best way I've heard anyone <laughs> talk about death I'd like that I'd like to go in an unusual way just I, yeah. one minute I'm just walking along next minute I'm just gone yeah I think I don't fancy the long drawn out kind of Oh my God! Can't wipe your own arse and I know I heard a bloody horrendous story though from New York where a bloke was just minding his own business walking to work or something mm. And the pavement collapsed because it was an old Victorian era yeah. sewer underneath them. Have you heard this? No. So he just fell into the sewer, landed on his back, at which point he was covered by thousands of rats. Oh, my God. Can you imagine anything worse than that? So obviously he didn't want to... So in the end, the passers-by realised what had happened and they called 911 and they came to get him. But he was lying there trying to keep quiet because all these rats were on top of him oh. and he didn't want to bring attention to himself, which strikes me as being one of the most terrifying things I, I've ever heard, I think. Yeah. I, the fact that he had the wherewithal to go, I'm going to keep quiet. So, yeah, yeah, pretty impressive, isn't it? I'd be screaming my fucking head off. I'd be screaming as well. <laughs> I mean, to land on your back and then immediately be covered with rats and for you to not to go, fucking hell, fuck! <laughs> Like, I, I, I occasionally, and I know I shouldn't, and I try not to, and the agreement is that I don't, but I occasionally swear in front of my kids. Mm. And I don't know, like, um, I can't remember what it was. I was trying to, I was trying to fix a toy or something, and, and the, sort of the, the screw I was trying to unscrew sort of snapped off. Right. And so that, and that that now means we can't change the batteries and I know this is going to be upsetting. I said, oh, fuck's sake. Now, if I'm saying fuck's sake in that scenario, being covered with live rats, <laughs> I, I mean, a fuck's sake, it's, it's not really sufficient, is it? In a, in... <laughs> I don't think there's enough, there aren't enough words. There's not the word. No. It would, I think it would just be, I'd be screaming at such a pitch. You probably wouldn't hear it anyway. Yeah, yeah. All the all the bats in the area would be going absolutely crazy. <laughs> That's what you want. The rats, and then the bats turn up. Because Rich it... Wilson's had a fall. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, that poor fucker. Yeah. Because I know rats, I mean, I know somebody that had a rat, and they're extremely clever, and it was a wonderful pet, and they loved Which it. Which makes it creepier, I think. And it, yeah. <laughs> but I think lots of them together, they, and they would have been startled as well because of the thing falling in. Yes. So they'd feel under attack. Jesus. I think... <clears throat> I'm not scared of spiders, and I'm not scared of snakes. I mean, I would be if I was abroad. Mm. So I'm not scared of British spiders. I'm not scared of British domestic snakes. Um, although I did gigs in Australia about 10 years ago and uh, I remember being slightly more concerned about the spiders there because I didn't know which ones were dangerous and mm. which ones weren't. But I thought that was quite rational. But so a normal spider doesn't bother me. But there is something about rats. I just think that they're the creepiest looking animal on earth, I think. Yeah, yeah. And occasionally, because you, because I live in London, and this is the kind of thing that happens when you live in a big city, you will just see a dead rat on the side of the road. Yeah, 
and they always look like they've died in a in a sort of horrendous way as well. It was like <laughs> they, they they never look at peace, do they? Dead rats. No, no, no. Like they were just doing, they're just going about their day on a nice time, and yeah, then, and then they just died. That is always. It looks like something bad, a is, traumatic event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I used to deliver I used to deliver hairdressing uh, wholesale products. <clears throat> I got to this place in Erith in South London. Oh yeah. And I got as I got the box out, I saw in the corner of my eye by these bushes, I thought it was a cat. And I just looked and it was the biggest rat I've ever seen oh, in my entire God. life. It was massive. It was like a it was like a cat. And I shit myself. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. It scurried at the bushes. The tail was so long. And it, it just went off, and you're like, "Have I just seen the king of the rats? Like, have I just seen Shredder? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it was massive." Do you reckon he looks at himself in the mirror and thinks, "I am pretty fucking big for a rat, actually." <laughs> I'm just, just, just judging by you know the size of my mates and uh, you know family and stuff. I, I am, I am a big one. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scaring. Uh, you know, delivery delivery men who sort of are delivering hair <laughs> dressing products in the South <laughs> London area. I You've got lovely me. hair as well. Sorry? You've got lovely hair. Oh, thank you very much. So have you. Oh, thanks. You've gone for the old uh, centre party. Only today. I mean, I've not put anything in it because I've got a hat today. I'm wearing a hat. Oh, OK. Yeah. Very nice. It's uh, always funny. When we first met, I, t- I often tell people this story. We didn't know each other. We didn't even know we were both on at the same gig. We were, yeah. doing, we were doing Silky's gig at, uh, in Cardiff. In Cardiff. Yeah, the, um, the, it was the, at the, uni, at the uni. Uh, at the uni, but it was the uh, the Royal College of Music and Drama. That's was it. Where we were performing. That's it. And we were. This is when I was more into my mod thing. I think, and uh, and we were we both seen each other from across the room, and we were both very similar in style. The mod thing. Yes. And yes. silently to ourselves, we've gone. He looks cool. He looks. Cool. Yeah. 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 And then and then Silky came in and went, oh, by the way, this is this is Ellis, this is Rich, and we were like, fuck, this is, yeah. And it was, it's a bit like, um, occasionally I will be driving along or something with Izzy in the car, and I will point someone out and I'll go, he goes to football. <laughs> and she'll say, how tell. do you know? I'll, just, I'll, I'll say, I can tell from his coat and from his trainers yes. that he goes to football. Yes. It is inconceivable that that man doesn't go to football because he's got a football coat. And he's got football trainers. And it's part of the, I'm a, you know, I'm not really a comedian. I'm more of a sort of social anthropologist these days. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just clocking like everyone some, in their Stone Island. Yeah, like sort of David Attenborough, but for men. <laughs> like real men, like football men. <laughs> yeah, real lads. But you can see there is a look where I live. I live in uh, Stratford near, so I live in sort of near West Ham um, yeah. Stadium. And they, when the football's on, you see the lads then, and they've all got their long coats or their long Macs and, yes. and their flat caps. And it's quite a look. And you can see you're going to the football. You know, you're, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think actually there's less of this around. I think football in that sense is one of the last of those clothing-based subcultures that's still quite mm. big because I think you could date the British high street pretty accurately to to the sort of 12 months to the year from about 1955 onwards mm. judging by how the teenagers would dress yeah because yeah. they'd be dressed like mods or they'd be dressed like skinheads or hippies or in a sort of more um in a more sort of glam 
style or then more sort of a northern soul sort of style and then there's the punk style and I think and then you've got you know through to sort of, you, of Smith's fans had a look and then yeah. Stone Rose's fans had a look and blah 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 and, and then Acid House all the ravers had a sort of very certain distinct look and a mate of mine he lived in Brighton in the sort of early 80s and he said it was a nightmare for me because I was a young mod but I would I would want to walk down to the beach on a Saturday morning just to see my mates. But first off, I'd have to pass the skinheads and they'd start on me. Jesus. And then if I'd managed to escape the skinheads, the casuals who were on their way to watch Brighton play would start on me. And then, um, yeah, it'd be the, like the punks. And then, and then the punks might start on me. So mm. I, there was the punks, skins and the casuals were all trying to chase me. And then by the time I got to the beach, I was knackered and scared. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you'd have the goths and you'd be like, well, they're all right. They're, they're not going to bother anyone. <laughs> that do that's one that still exists. You still see, especially in smaller towns, you still see Goth. kids who are dressed like goths. Goths are still huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a huge community. There is a massive mod community. It's an older generation now. They're still yes. They're still fighting the fight. There's there's all there are. They're still there. I remember going to a scooter rally and there was these massive skinheads there, scooter boys. Huge, and they were. And if you were to if you were to encounter them in any other situation, you'd be a bit worried. You'd be a bit, oh shit, that looks like yeah, because of the stereotypes. You're kind of like, oh, he's gonna kick off. Like the the shiniest Doc Martins I've ever seen, immaculately turned out, beautiful looking men, incredible, but massive, and they look like any minute now it's gonna kick off. But Big then this necks. northern this northern soul tune kicked in, and they become like ballet dancers. Yeah, yeah, These yeah. Massive yeah. skinheads just pirouetting around, and it was one of the most glorious things I've ever seen. Well, the the Cardiff City hooligan firm were called the Soul Crew because the two things they liked were fighting and soul music. <laughs> I mean, and if, if it's it sounds like a lie, but that is that is true. The the thing with um, uh, mods or subculture that's still going. I used to I used to know a bloke in Cardiff who ran mod nights. And he booked out this huge venue. And he said, Will you come? And I said, Absolutely. And I was I was I went and I was the first one there. So it's a completely empty dance floor. The music's really, really loud. And my mate was behind the decks playing sort of soul tunes and stuff. And this venue was massive. And I thought, oh my God, he's gonna lose an absolute <laughs> fortune. So after about an hour, it's still just me. Oh, no. I thought, well, I can't dance because it looked like I'm taking the piss. So I just sort of sat next to him and had a few pints, <laughs> <laughs> you know, offering him to buy him drinks because I, I thought he's going to be, he's going to be in turmoil. Yeah. And he kept saying to me, "There is a coachload of mods coming from East London, and there is a coachload of mods coming from Birmingham, and they will be here." I remember thinking, "Mate, you're deluded. <laughs> there is, there is no coachload, coachload of Cockney mods. It's just not going to happen." <laughs> And at about midnight, they all turned up. What? And this is probably 2005. So I reckon a few of them would have been, they were all much older. So yeah. I reckon a few of them would have been first generation 60s mods properly. Because oh, they wow. were all they were all in their 60s. And they'd all, they didn't have, they were all bald because they'd all lost their hair. But they all had immaculately sort of um, tailored Italian suits. They all looked the part. They all yeah. looked great. And they were amazing dancers. Mm. But it was it was like something out of a film. I thought I for hours I thought he was he was lying slash deluded slash <laughs> you, you know just 
I thought he's he's lost it if yeah. he thinks this. And then and then the coach lord of Brummy mods turned up as well. And they and then and then they and then they, they then they went. It was like a sort of mod fairy tale. When <laughs> 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 they end, they all they all got mods. back on the bus. <laughs> See, it's a beautiful thing. I love it when things work out. And it is. The, I've always I've loved fashion since I since I can remember. And it's funny. I watched that film Away Days. I'm not oh, really, yeah. I'm not really big on football, but I love that film because it talks about the fashion and it talks about the relationship between the lads in the gang and how they weren't really into the fighting. They were just it was just they were just part of something and they wanted to get away from it. And, and then he, he's, he's got this. He's got a stack of Adidas boxes and he's got the added the uh, the Adidas Forest Hills with the oh, like the yeah. ones with the yellow sole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's brilliant. It's just a nice moment. But yeah, I've always been I've always been fascinated by by the the connection between music, fashion, and football. Or you know, it's, it's th- amazing. And I think as well. I think the men who dress like that. I suppose nowadays they'd be known. I mean, in the eighties they were known as dressers or trendies, but mm. they're sort of known as casuals now. That's how they're written about in the press. I think interestingly, I think they're dressing for other men. Yeah, they're not dressing for women to find them attractive. No, they're dressing for other men to go. That's a nice jacket, which is a mod thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I like. I, I quite like the um, the peacockery of it. Yeah, going to watch going to watch your team, but thinking that you're an ambassador for your team, so you want to wear a nice jacket so that fans of other clubs don't think that your team has got scruffy fans. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's lovely. I've never heard that before. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. And it is true, there is that. I, I do remember when I used to go to mod nights, and, and even now, when I wear stuff, if I want, there's a certain kind of person that I want to say, like, you look great, mate. You look, oh, yes, absolutely. Great. It's not even about being attractive to, to people. You, I want, I want there's people that I know or see around. Yes. You, know, you look cool, man. Cool. There's a certain kind of person who I want to go, that's a nice jacket. Yeah. And to be honest, if the others don't like it, it doesn't really bother me. No. But the ones I, I want to notice, if they notice, I think, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- d- done my job. <laughs> but it is about that. We still want affirmation from our peers or people that we admire. We still want to feel like we're part of something, even though at the same time we want to, we want to, be, we want to be individual. But at the same time, we want to be part of something. Yeah. It's a real weird, weird mixture. That, that's why when bands who were not critically acclaimed, but who were very popular, mm. would win the audience vote at, I don't know, the Brits or whatever. Yeah. And then they would say, this means more to, to us because it's voted for by the fans than by the critics. I would always think, bollocks <laughs> bollocks yeah, you're changing you'd shit, love mate. to be on the front cover of the enemy have to get 10 out of 10 album reviews you'd love it I don't believe you for a second yeah I don't care what the critics say don't you no of course you don't sounds like a lie that mate that's why you're here yeah it's unusual that because I mean again we're, we're probably talking stereotypes, but you're, because you're Welsh, I just assumed you'd be more into your rugby than your football. No, absolutely not. No, my dad is. Mm. 
So I, as, as I mentioned, those school trips yeah. to the with the Moonies, that was where my first uh, football matches were were with the school because right. my dad would take me to rugby. Yeah. But I sort of lost interest in rugby by my early teens. I think mainly because Welsh team had a good side in the football and a very bad team in the rugby by that point. Mm. And also, it just wasn't. I went to a real rugby school, so there's Stephen Jones, the British Lion, was a couple of years ahead of me. Yeah, right. Ken Owens, the Brit- British Lion, he was in my sister's class. We had quite a few. So Welsh internationals had been to my school. Mm. Two were there when I was there, but I it wasn't really a very because I'm I'm quite small. I was very very thin when I was a teenager, and um, I I never thought it was a very uh, accessible game if you were small. Yes, and also I just I didn't like. The rugby club stuff of eating cat food and drinking pints of sake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the shenanigans. The shenanigans really did put me off. And nowadays, looking back at it, I find the shenanigans, sort of the secondhand stories of the shenanigans 25 years on, very, very funny. But at the time, mm. I was really desperate not to be involved in any shenanigans. <laughs> And I didn't want to have to do a butt funnel or any of that stuff. Or... <laughs> but do you know what? I've, I'm friends with a rugby player, and one, he's the one of the biggest men I've ever seen. Like real, like proper professional rugby players. Oh, huge! Are giants. Yeah, fucking yeah. Fucking massive. And even though, so, so they come, we we get pissed, and all of us having a drink, and and this is when we're with our partners as well. Like you know, we're all we're all getting pissed. And it ended up my 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 then wife at the time. She's in the kitchen with her mates. I'm in the lounge with him, and we're all getting pissed. And there's this drinking. You've got to drink whatever I tell you, otherwise you've got to do a forfeit. And it got to the point I just couldn't drink anymore. I was my last drink. I'd kind of drunk it and then was nearly like nearly puked it back up again. I was that bad. I'm like I can't. I can't do any more. I'm going to have to do the forfeit. I ended up with his <laughs> nut in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, he was a giant man. This is a big nut. Yeah, yeah. And I did it really quickly. I just went, well, why has it got to be that? Why, is it, can't, why can't it be something else? Why can't you it did be... it really quickly. Yeah, he kind of whopped it out and I went, oh, I'm like that. And so I gummed oh, that's, it. Oh, that's good. So did... over and done with nice and quick. Done and, yeah, you're in and out. Done and dusted. <laughs> in and out. <laughs> Love a job, jobbed. <laughs> Make it sound like... <laughs> That's, that's, that's how I discussed the sort of the MMR vaccine with my kids. Just in and out, job done, wallet. I'm really piling through this to-do list today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nip to the shops, get some milk. Yeah. Gum and nut. Gum and nut. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I quite like sort of second or third hand uh, shenanigan stories. Yeah. I just never wanted to be at the centre of shenanigans. No, it doesn't look fun. I don't like... Anyone that tells me, like, oh, I love pranks, I love watching the prank shows, I'm like, no, I don't like, oh, oh, you're a, a shitbag. <laughs> not a prank guy. No, no. Also, I don't, I'm not, I'm not very imaginative. And I'm certainly not very imaginative when it comes to pranks. So it'd be, I don't know, someone said, oh, be, should we do a prank? What would be a really good prank? I'd be like, I don't know, should we just, uh, I don't know, like, uh, piss in some milk? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's not very. You know, it's like some pranks; they'll take like months of planning, and you see it online. And you know, some like some bloke. He's he's gone to lectures, and he's he he left the house at ten to nine, and they know he's he's not going to be back until ten past five. 
And in that time, they'll, they'll have turned his bedroom into a beach and there'll be deck <laughs> chairs and there'll be like loads of sand and buckets and spades and all that kind of stuff. And he'll just be like, that's a great prank. Yeah, yeah, good prank. Oh, what did I list do? He, he pissed in my milk. Pretty, <laughs> pretty low rent, actually. More annoying than anything. Yeah, more just... <laughs> Just an annoyance. It was a fresh carton. I'm going to go and buy some more milk. Yeah, nice one. Thanks, mate. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'll go and sit in my beach. You go and get me some milk. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do an assignment in my beach. <laughs> I do remember being away again at gigs, and there was a comedian, Steve Harris. And he every, every time I'm with him, it's what he does. He's just prank after prank. And I love him dearly, but after all, like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, you can't you can't take your eye off him for a minute. Yeah, and I remember I got I I got up to go to the loo, and he just squirted water over me. Oh no, that was it. I'd gone to the loo, and while I was, I said to him as I left, I went, "Don't fuck with my stuff," which is a ridiculous. It's an invitation, isn't it? Yes, it is. Like yeah, you'd be naive. Then, yeah, it was ridiculous. You've opened the doors. You've opened the doors. Let him in. It's like, it's like, don't engage me in fun, okay? <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with my shit. It's basically inviting a vampire into your house. Yeah. So I went to the toilet and I came back. And as I walked back into the room, he squirted me with water. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Did it look like you pissed yourself? No, no, just all over me. Yeah, it was on my trousers right. mainly. It was all over okay. me. And so, was it before you'd done your set? I, it was, this was in, during the afternoon. We were all kind of, oh, in, okay. we were in these like bunks. Oh, that's more annoying. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck's sake. So I go, so now I'm dicking around and I'm like, I'm going to have to get changed. And I'm messing around. Everybody else in the room is killing themselves laughing. And I'm thinking, I'm having the gig of my life. Everyone's pissing themselves laughing. Yeah. The more I gooned about, the funnier, more people laughed. They were filming it. I'm like, oh my God. I'm playing up to the camera, mucking around. So then I take my trousers off and I go to put these other trousers on and I put my leg in and I, and I put one leg in first and then that's fine. I went to put the other one in and they'd, he'd sewn it shut. <laughs> so <laughs> I, in the short time I was in the toilet, he'd managed to sew my leg shut on my trousers and I just wow. happened to put my leg, one leg in first and then went to put the other one on and I kind of, and I was like, what's going on here? I thought I'd cut my foot in like a crease or something like that. And I'm trying to, by now the whole room is falling around and then I suddenly twig what's going on. And like you bunch of wankers and you let me goon about and you were all like, I thought you were laughing at me. That's also With what I was doing. That is, that's, he, in the time you were in the toilet, you yeah, yeah, managed yeah. to sew your trousers. I was in the toilet five minutes, if that. That is absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He managed to sew them shut in a, in a matter of seconds. I don't know how he managed it to this day. And every every year when it comes up on his memories, he reposts the video because it's on oh, Facebook. That is that man <laughs> is dedicated to pranking, isn't it? I mean, it's horrible. It's funny now, but at the time I was so embarrassed. But you kind of just have to ride it out and laugh and go along with it. But I was so embarrassed. And I it's, think I'm yeah. I I've got that much dedication to anything. <laughs> good. It's not a good thing to be to just torture what, people. What creates a prankster? It's got to be a shit house, isn't it? You you've got to have a weird upbringing. I think he was brought yeah. up with five sisters and they terrorized him. Yeah, I was I was going to say it must be a, it must be a sibling thing, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon if you've got maybe siblings of a similar age, I reckon that would be quite big. Yeah. But no, I. Uh, it just all seems like a lot of. I just don't think I've got enough energy to be to be a prankster. 
You're very low, yeah, low key. It would have been like you just said. There'd be sneaky pranks. I think they or whatever you at the time. If something came to mind, you'd go, "Oh yeah, I'll just do that." Like pissing in the middle. Like, yeah, I, I remember a, a mate when I was in my early twenties, and he was upset with his housemate. I remember him smoking into her milk. Oh God! I remember thinking, "What? If we're animals. What is happening? What? Why?" <laughs> Have it out with her. Yeah, just talk to her. Why have you got to fuck her up? Talk, talk, talk to her, man. <laughs> yeah. Why are you smoking into, a, <laughs> smoking into another person's milk? <laughs> this is a different level, isn't it? This isn't... You don't want to resolve the issue. You want revenge. And for, yeah. whatever, for whatever slight they've has come your way, that you're, you, some imagined slight, you're like, right, I'm going to ruin your life. Revenge is a, is a funny one. I've never, I always thought, I I thought I was the norm, but I actually don't think I am anymore. I've never, ever felt the desire to exact revenge on someone. Really? No, like, I, I follow a, a Twitter account called Fesshole. Yeah. Where people anonymously confess to their That's darker it. secrets. And a lot of them are, oh, my ex dumped me by text message, so I did X, Y, and Z, you know, I... I saw one the other day where he or she had bought like a hundred sets of keys mm. uh, and written his phone number on the keys and then left them all around, you know, London or Manchester, wherever they lived. So people would find these keys and think, oh, my God, I need to let this person know how lucky that his phone number is attached to the keys. So it means I can return it. So he just got hundreds of messages that people saying, I've got your keys. <laughs> Which is very imaginative. <laughs> I just think if I just think if I'd been dumped in horrendous circumstances, I think I'd brood more than exact revenge yeah, on someone. I think. Yeah, I've I've thought there was a moment in the in the middle of being pissed off, and I've gone, yeah, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go and shit through your letterbox or something." <laughs> Yeah. But it, I calmed down quick enough. I'm like, ah, oh, what's the point? It's just, I it's think just, what this would... just makes it worse. I think, yeah, I think what would calm you down or make you see sense would be the moment you, you the sort of, the envelope touched your naked bum. <laughs> I think then you'd think to yourself, what am I doing? I'm shitting into an envelope. <laughs> Shake an envelope, you mad idiot. That says more about where you are mentally than I am, because when I thought it, I was just going to go around it and just shit directly through the letterbox where you're going to post it to them. Yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. very organised thing. Well, I think I am. And it would be more practical. That shitting directly into a letterbox is a criminal offence. And I think, mm. as is posting excrement, <laughs> that's a criminal offence. But I think it would be easier to get away with, I think, if you were posting it. Also, it's likely to be caught when you're doing it. When you're doing this, presumably under cover of darkness. Mm, yes, you know it's a very. It's also it's a very exposing position to be in. Yeah, it? and you can't stop once you've started. So, yeah, so, so um, someone finds you. Yeah, and and running away with a sort of shitty ass is it <laughs> would be a horrible experience if you were caught. It'd be itchy and embarrassing. Oh god, yeah, because you wouldn't have time. They wouldn't let you wipe yourself down. You'd have no, to, no, 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 it's no. evidence. So you yeah. have to sit. That crusty itty ass. There wouldn't be there wouldn't be a there wouldn't be a moment of the whole episode that, where you felt good. <laughs> it's definitely not the revenge. The, 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 the person no. you've done it to just wins again. They, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
But then with the envelope as well, you'd have to make sure you didn't lick the envelope. You have to get one of those gummed ones because yeah, because then there's DNA on there. There's evidence that yes, it was that's you. true. I think I'm assuming that the police, if they took it seriously enough, could take DNA from your uh, feces. Do you think? Yeah, because I suppose they could be in there, wouldn't it? Any? It'd be in there again. <laughs> not a very nice job for a PC plot. <laughs> That was work horrible. <laughs> Some lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Who got dumped. That was it. Anyway, we, we know it was Rich Wilson. He left a return address on the back of the envelope. <laughs> 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 we're gonna go and we're gonna go and nick him tomorrow. <laughs> He's so organised. <laughs> yeah, registered post. <laughs> you got got a sign for it. Ah. Uh. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation because it now means that maybe someone listening to this will think twice before yeah, yeah, exacting yeah. any kind of revenge. Kind of, if someone's upset you to that point, either talk to them or, you know, or just, oh, fuck them. You know, they're up to yes. If they want to do, if they want to be that shit, good luck to them. Because... Because they'll do it to someone else. They'll just keep doing it and then they'll end up, they'll, they'll end up alone. So Yeah, because we are of a similar age. Mm. So the two of us both remember, although it's going back a while now, John Wayne Bobbitt, remember him? God, yeah. Yeah. So she sliced off his penis whilst he was asleep, from what I remember. Yeah. And then drove off and threw it into a hedge. Oh, God. Oh, because hadn't he been cheating or something like that? I I mean... Whatever it was. <laughs> whatever it was, I I, I think that the, the punishment is disproportionate. Yeah. It was the fight, it was the bloody... It was the, <laughs> it was the 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 finale. It was the fact that uh, as a denouement, throw it, throwing the penis into a hedge was my was always my favourite bit of that new story. <laughs> and then he went into pornography, from what I remember. Yes, he did. Yes, he did with his rebuilt his rebuilt member with his rebuilt penis. But that is someone that you fucked off to such a level that they will drive your penis into the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so that yeah. you will never find it. Imagine looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then getting caught by the police. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I couldn't find my daughter's, my son's birth certificate quite recently. And we were going up to the deadline where he wouldn't have been able to go to school if we hadn't found oh, this wow. deadline, if we hadn't found this birth certificate. And we eventually found it, but there was a lot of pressure on the search. Mm. And uh, so I thought, until I mentioned John Wayne Bobbitt, Someone who hasn't been in the news now for almost 30 years. I thought I knew what a high-pressure search was, but imagine looking in just a hedge. And you can't even, you can't use a, you can't use a, a, a metal detector or anything. <laughs> just she, the naked, just the naked eye, a, a torch and a lot of hope. She's on the doorstep going, cold, <laughs> colder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting warmer, warmer. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I mean that's yeah that there isn't a, there's nothing that warrants that getting your getting your no, getting your no, fella no. it's quite medieval isn't it God yeah 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 I mean I've trapped my penis in the zip of my jeans once Ooh. yeah you'll only do grief. it once yeah you never it just once you've done it once you are forever prepared yeah my dad's best mate did that at school yeah in about 1966. And that, it, it's a story that was passed down the generations. 
Oh yeah, what a nasty, what a nasty little episode that would be. Because mm, you can't. Because what they say is you've got to just whip it down really quickly. And... Oh, f- <laughs> sorry to any listeners. <laughs> well, I remember. Uh, I remember. Is it something about Mary or something like that? When he gets the he gets his bits caught in the zip, and he just. And then the the guy goes, he goes, whoa! He goes, how'd you get the beans above the frank? <laughs> I'm just going to butt in here because um, I'm uh, obviously work for Comedy Central. We now have a, a warning whenever we play that um, film, and the warning says uh, reviewers should be aware that this film contains the worst zipper malfunction um, <laughs> <laughs> on film, and we have to put that there as a verbal warning to uh, wow. it triggers anybody. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, we oh, well done. Trivia. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I mean, oh. that's going mu- to fuck with your mental health, that. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we should move on. <laughs> oh. We should you'd, move on. You'd wear tracksuits for the rest of your life, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, of course you would. Just, I remember being, the first time I had a pair of jeans with buttons, the relief of yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The likelihood of you button up, buttoning up your your fella. So, yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. No, no. There's, there's. Yeah, the, the, there are too many processes before you would get to that stage. Yeah, no one's in that much of a rush. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but how is your? How, I mean, the talk of mental health is is now. We're all. It's good. We're all talking about it, and it's good. But I'm like you said earlier. Like we're of a similar age, you and I. <clears throat> but have you been able to talk about your feelings and you know about how you know can you are there people that you've been able to sort of talk about Nish, these things with Nish Kumar made a very interesting point I read an interview with him and Nish is about five years younger than me I think mm. and he said oh my generation are the worst because we know we're men to get therapy but none of us ever bother, and we tell all the we tell everyone else to do it, but we don't do it ourselves. And I'm a little bit. I'm about five years older than Nish, and I think that yes, I think that I I'd sort of Shana, you've had on this podcast, mm. my best friend at school. So obviously, because she was a girl, I was she was far more open about her feelings than my male friends were. Yeah, but then. You know, I mean, work so closely with John Robbins, who is a tremendously emotionally intelligent person mm. and a very emotionally articulate person. Uh, yes, I am, and obviously is he, but I think I've always had people in my life who I've been able to talk to. And my mum and dad, in fairness, were very open people when yeah. I was younger, but still, ultimately, it was still sort of West Wales in the 80s and 90s. And... I remember, you know, crying in school at, at secondary school for, for for whatever reason, and it was immensely embarrassing. Mm. And I remember, I remember getting a basketball in the face. Oof. Um, and you can't get a basketball in the face without shedding a tear. No. Uh, no. But 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 then everyone's like, he's fucking crying. <laughs> so it's it was still it was still a lot of that. Yeah. And I, you know. The the small experience I've had of teenagers, because obviously my kids are younger than that, but certainly the teenagers I am aware of and all their parents who I know, 
I think that especially boys are better or seem to be better at opening up than when I was, certainly when I was in school in the in the 1990s. Definitely, yeah. Um, I'd have been, you know, if a friend of mine actually had come up to me, had come up to me in school and said, oh, I'm struggling with something or I'm upset about something, I wouldn't have seen anything wrong with it because because my mum is 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 a very very open person, especially as is my dad. But mum was is a very very uh, approachable person. But I just can't ima- I can barely imagine it happening. Yeah. And I think I think people probably are better at this stuff now. But I've I've always been lucky because with Izzy and John and Sean, especially when I was younger. They've always been, there's always been someone, but I think if you don't have that, it must be absolutely crippling. Yeah. Because even if you do have very strong friendships and even if you do have very open relationships with people where you're able to discuss your feelings, usually something will crop up mm. that you think, oh, I'm not, I'm not comfortable to talk about this. And I, what I, one thing I've noticed actually is I think I process bad news differently to some people. So, Lots of my friends, if something bad happens to them, they will want to discuss it immediately. Yeah. Whereas I will not want to tell anyone initially until I've absorbed it a bit. Mm-hmm. And then once I've absorbed it a bit, I am more comfortable in discussing the thing, whatever that may be. Yeah. So I tend to, if something's, uh, if I've had bad news or if something's upset me, I tend to go quiet, I think. Yeah, same. Um. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think some people initially, especially the, the the people who are more open, will say, "Oh, you know, he's a closed book." Or it's not that I'm just waiting until I'm ready. Mm. And I think waiting until you're ready is, uh, I think, is a, a lot to be said about. I also I, I remember talking to, to Mark Watson, and he said, "People, there's such pressure on talking." Yeah. And he was saying that I actually love a text message. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be a conversation or a phone call. I think there's something actually about. I think it's probably to do with the fact that you can prepare what you're saying a little bit and you can review it as you're yeah. about to send it. I think that texting or messaging or you know emailing or whatever. I think is quite often a little bit overlooked. I think it's quite underrated when it comes yeah, yeah. to uh, discussing your feelings. But yeah. yeah, I still think though. I mean. I think there's a little aspect of me, though, that uh, wants to keep things in-house. Mm, I get you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are certain there are certain things I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't tell everyone. And yeah. I think confidentiality, if I have confided in someone and said, please don't tell him, that would, that would mean quite a lot. And yeah. I would then be upset if they said, yeah, yeah, of course not, of course not. I mean, I told Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's Andy. Who, who's Andy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I tell you, it's funny, actually. I'm the same. I've, I'm just recently, I've just come out of it now. I've had a few months where I've just been in my own head and wondering what what to do next. And then I'm, I'm the worst. I say on here all the time, just talk to me or drop me a line, message me or blah, blah, blah. But just recently, I've not been able to. I've not been able to talk to people. And it's getting, it, got, it got really bad. Yeah. And then I've had a few things happen. Sadly, some people died and, and it's not been very good. But 
I just it just suddenly clicked the other day. It kind of went. I just it just kind of went. Oh no, you just do it. People, you're going to be fine. And so I so I spoke to a mate, and then it suddenly felt better. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. I'd got I'd built it up so much that it just got. Yes. So yeah, I did did need to go. Because I didn't know how to ask in the end. I didn't know how to start the conversation. So in the end, I just had to go, I'm feeling really shit. <laughs> and then yeah. that was it. it went from and that. And also, if they're your mates, they'll listen. Yeah. And they're, and they're, if they're your mates, they won't judge you. I also think that sometimes your oldest friends aren't the people to talk about because they know too much of your backstory. Yeah. I think sometimes talking to a newer friend who won't remember how you'd have reacted or responded to this thing when you were... 15, 20, 25, 30 or 35 yeah. is actually quite helpful because um, I think if you're opening up someone and confiding in someone, what you are tell, what you are choosing to say, those are the headlines and that's the thing that, that's how you want to express it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, obviously not everyone, but I think, I think this is more to do with the person who's opening up. They think, oh, and well, now they're going to... Remember that thing I said in two thousand and one. Yeah, that can that can put an odd pressure on the yeah on the conversation. It's why I think one of the saddest aspects of getting older is that you don't you tend not to make new friends. Certainly not as much. No. Um, or if or if you do, it's in a work environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think we're lucky because I think. Stand-up, in particular, leads to very strong friendships, yes. in my experience. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that stand-ups are as bitchy or as bitter as the stereotype would suggest. No, no. Because I've made some brilliant friends out of stand-up. But, yeah, it's, it's funny. When, when you eventually do say the thing that's been weighing on your mind, it does tend to, to be a big burden of relief. Like... Um, I read Governor B, the rapper's book. Yeah. And he talked about his father died very suddenly. And there's a passage in the book where because of his upbringing and his his mum and dad were from Ghana and he was brought up on a council estate in um, East London, I think, he he, he felt completely unable to cry in front of anyone because of the way, because of his upbringing. Yeah. And he said there was an enormous pressure when his father died on him not to cry. So he didn't cry at the funeral. And it's quite a powerful passage in the book. And then he does eventually cry. I think he cries in like a garden shed or something. A few weeks after his father passed away. And then he said that night was the first night I'd slept. Wow. And you think, what a powerful, what a powerful thing that is. And it's, yeah. it's, it shows that it's very, very natural. Like I remember, yeah. like I would never tell my kids off for crying. No. Whereas certainly when I was young, that was something other mums and dads did all the time. You'd always hear that. All the time. All what are you bloody crying for? Yeah. <laughs> what are you bloody crying for? It's mad, isn't it? He's six. He's crazy. He's six. <laughs> I'm very emotional. I'll cry. Even now, I cry at films. I blub my eyes out at the holiday at Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. I cry my eyes out. One. I just cried. And sporting I... montages. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> if I was ever invited to quit into sports personality of the year, I'd be an absolute bloody mess by about halfway in. <laughs> oh, <aren't you? laughs> oh, it's funny that. My... God, they did so well at the curling and I don't even like the Winter Olympics. <laughs> I remember very recently 
talking about, I remember when I was a kid, so my dad was into his rugby, not really football. JPR Williams was everywhere. It was always JPR yeah. Williams all the time. And because he had such an unusual name, I just loved it. JPR Williams, JPR Those Williams. Those huge sideburns. Huge sideburns. And then you see pictures of them now and you're like, oh, that's not how I remember you. Of course you've aged. That was 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, get man. this right. JPR Williams, I think he made his debut for years in 1969. He was still playing rugby until 2002. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was playing for, like, his village team Jeez. as a sort of 55-year-old. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> he just loved it that much. Just loved just, it, yeah. yeah. But he was a proper, or is, he's a proper legend, like one of the old school like getting arrested for drunk driving and being a, and being pissed and well, he was an it's not he was, good, but he was a doctor as well. I mean, rugby was still amateur those days, so he was he was a surgeon in in the Heath, was he in Cardiff? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And so he was a doctor Monday to Friday, and he was playing for Wales at Cardiff Arms <laughs> Park for England from sixty five thousand people on Saturday afternoons, and not getting paid for it. Incredibly, Jesus. Just, see, this is a different world, isn't it? That and now it's become such a money-making machine. All sports have. But, but. I, do you because in those days they used to, they didn't used to go into the dressing room at half time, so they'd sort of eat their oranges. Oh yeah. On the pitch, <laughs> do you reckon they ever like looked around at sixty-five thousand people all walking to the concourse to buy a hot dog and a Kit Kat and a cup of tea and stuff, and think to themselves? They've all paid for tickets. There's a lot of money in this sport. But they must have done. We're live on BBC One. We're we're, we're, why don't we get any of it? No. I've only got one slice of orange. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get me through the second half. One slice of orange and petrol expenses. <laughs> you really had to love it. That's the yeah, thing. yeah. I suppose you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, this has been lovely. Thank you so oh, much for coming on. It's my pleasure. I've really seen for ages. No, it's been a long time. Well, you kind of went off and became a. Radio superstar, I don't see. Oh, superstar's <laughs> very. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'd agree with that. A, ra- a radio, just a radio. <laughs> you went up and became a radio. <laughs> uh, where can we find you? Can we? Are you on social media? I don't know. If I am on social media. I'm on. I'm on uh, Twitter and I'm uh, at Ellis James. I'm on Instagram uh, at Ellis underscore James underscore content. Nice. <laughs> but I often forget to post on Instagram. I only follow about three people on Instagram. It makes it a very, very relaxing yeah. platform. That's a tip for you. I've considered unfollowing everyone on Twitter. Yeah. There is see. a... You can, you can mute people. Yeah. That's the one thing as well. I reckon I would be far more productive if I came off social media. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, you know. It's that, it's when you go, I've got so many things I should be doing. And then you go, oh, my God, it's been an hour. I'm still sitting in my pants on the bed. Yes, on the bed. I'm not yeah. even dressed yet. <laughs> watching, a, what's it, watching a montage of ex-Man United and Scotland striker Brian McClare uh, retrieving the ball from the net. And it's not, even, it's not even his goals. It's just a montage of him retrieving the ball from the net. <laughs> Why am I watching this? Oh, I'm watching this because I absolutely love it. <laughs> Do you know it's funny? I've not even I'm not even into football, but I've been watching, yeah, uh, compilations of like the greatest goals and things like oh, that. Oh, great! Yeah, I've, and I'm not even into football, but some some it's this, there is sometimes when it some of the goals you just go, how the fuck did he get that yeah. in there? I think it's because I was watching Ted Lasso and it kind of got me all fired up. I I did a I do a football podcast and 
Yeah. We're recording this about a week after Wales beat Austria in a World Cup playoff semi-final. And I do a football podcast with Iwan Roberts, who played for Leicester, Norwich and Wales, and Danny Gambadon, who played for West Ham and Cardiff and Crystal Palace in Wales. And Gareth Bale scored this free kick. And Iwan went, I'm just watching it back. How does he do that? <laughs> I thought, you played in the Premier League. <laughs> and you sound like me. <laughs> Of all the people out of the two of us. Yeah. How does he do that? <laughs> and we were all, we were like kids. How does he do that? <laughs> I suppose that's the mark of the man, isn't it? It, it is. It just goes to show you what a, what a yeah. smashing fella. This has been lovely. Thanks, Ellis. Really appreciate it, mate. My uh, give my love to Izzy and I hope she gets well soon. I will do. Thank you. And you take care. Cheers, mate. Insane in the membrane. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.